Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. It's been far too long since I was given the chance to speak. I've been on holiday and spent the last seven weeks in Benny Dorm on a placement to try and become the next next sticky Vicky. I'm walking like John Wayne. Anyway, we're back at it again and this week we have one of the nicest most down-to-earth guys we've ever met, it's Sam Hornby, Sam Hornby. This is going to be a good one. It's the lower league look. 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 There. Guys, we're back. We are back. We're back. Oh, it's been a little while since we've been in the studio, hasn't it? How do I point? I forgot. I genuinely forgotten how to point. It's mirrored again. Right, we've got we've got Chris, who isn't Chris anymore because Chris left, but we've got third. We've got with us tonight former Bradford goalkeeper, current Colchester goalkeeper. We've got Sam Hornby. Sam, I've got this for you. A little stat: 106 professional appearances you've had so far in your career. No goals. What's up with that? <laughs> you know what? I've actually been up to a few corners as well. I've actually... Um, when did I go up? Bolton at home for Bradford in yeah. the COVID season. I remember going up for the corner, if you remember correctly, 1-0 down. 1-0 uh, down a lot that season. Right at, the, right at the death of the game, obviously. And it was a corner. I remember it just literally must have just gone over my head. I went out the other side. Oh, I can't remember who put it back in. And it's Roby's absolutely wrapped one in the top corner. Oh, yeah, listen, who, who makes that show? By the way, is it? Do you just look at? Do you just look at the gaffer and go? I think I can I go? Over, yeah. Or does the gaffer go? Fucking get up there! Get up there! I've had both before, where I've had obviously the other way, where I've looked, and then I've just got as if to say, "What are you doing, you idiot? Just stay there." But then I've also got, like you just said, the arms are going. There's like just everyone behind him's going, get up, go, go on, go on. Um, but yeah, I haven't scored. 
Um, yeah. so hopefully, well, change I that. Be, I don't want to be in that position, to be honest. To go up. well, no one wants to be in that position. But <laughs> do, do you not feel like when you them them times when you've got up for the corner as you're getting close to the box, do you ever just think to yourself, "Oh, this could be it. This is this is it. I'm gonna do this." Imagine if this goes in. What's what has what's I'll going through your head at that said, point? I'd be lying if I said I never thought that. To be honest, when you're jogging <laughs> over the halfway line. Do you have a celebration set in mind just in case? Or I think they're just going to be shirt off, run round <laughs> like a madman. <laughs> I think genuinely think I'd do something stupid, yeah. Like oh, shirt that, off, a... just it's run around like you've just, I don't know. I'm, I, uh, hey, we could see in the near future and then you can tag me in this and then we'll... That'll be yeah. my celebration. Shirt off, running around like a madman. I think we should pick you a celebration. Like I think we should uh, find a dance. And you've got to learn that dance. Then you then you've got to score a goal. Oh, and that is your dance. celebration. Stick no, you would me. No chance. <laughs> Do the robot. <laughs> Shirt off, running around. Shirt off, running. With. <laughs> Get stuck as well, probably, which would be just start flossing. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's loads you can do. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. It's uh, it's it's a week late. Sam, tell us tell us what happened. What happened last week? Um, our game against Barrow was rearranged for a Tuesday night, and as a lot of people can imagine, from Colchester across the country and up, it's a uh, one heck of a journey. Uh, we went up there Monday night, Monday afternoon. Sorry, stayed over, and then we stayed over again on the Tuesday night after the game. And then we just travelled all the way back Wednesday and I was absolutely shattered. And I'll be honest, I got home about six o'clock and I lay on the sofa over there and I just fell asleep for about three hours. And the next thing I do, I'll wake up to a, a message off you, a message off my agent, Dan. <laughs> we thought um, there was something wrong. We, we, we were like, has anyone yeah. heard from him? No, oh. that, that, I can only apologise for that, but... Barrow away on the Tuesday night is one of the, from down here anyways, I think the idea of a travelling game, like, are just mental, mad. Yeah, to be fair, I'll be honest with you, up until now, I didn't know you stayed over on the Tuesday. I, I thought you travelled back overnight and you, you just your body clock was messed up. So to, if we'd have known you were travelling back on the Tuesday, we wouldn't have arranged, sorry, travel back on the Wednesday, we wouldn't have arranged it for the Wednesday. <laughs> so there you go, it's your fault as well. <laughs> It's, it's your agent's fault. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Well, no, it was last. Uh, it was last minute <laughs> from the club, I think, to decide to stay over mm. again. Which I think, in the the long run of recovery and all sports science, I think that was the probably the more the more beneficial thing to do for for all of us. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Well, you're here now, so yeah, we managed to get we managed to get some more games that we can talk about. But before we go into this season, we're going to go back. Further back than you, you, you may have forgotten some of these things because Grant's been quite excited because there's a certain point in your career where you went on loan from Bradford, and you went on loan from Bradford to Fylde. Yeah. Now Grant's a massive Dave Challoner fan because he's a Hartlepool fan. Yeah. And Grant wants to talk to you about Dave Challoner fan. <laughs> like so because he, he. Yeah, if I really. No, I was just say because Dave Challoner when he brought he brought you in. Fylde had conceded 29 goals in 15 games when they brought you in because he said that the goalkeeper's confidence was just gone. They needed some new blood to come in and you came in on that. How does a loan come about? How how does a club approach you 
to go out on loan? Um, well, if I tell the, I'll be honest, in the truth, truthful situation and how this actually came about, I'll be honest, the, I came to the club in the summer mm-hmm. uh, to Bradford. Rich had been played all last, the previous season, O'Donnell, done well. And he got given the number one jersey fine. He was the number one. He was a more older and more senior goalie. I was three years ago. Was it three, four years 20, ago? 2019, yeah. Yeah, good. 2019. So, obviously, I was the younger goalkeeper. Um, it's my dog. Um, I thought, sorry, I thought you were going to be Grants that started barking, don't worry. I thought it was um, seriously young. I don't know why he's barking. Um, so, sorry, yeah. Uh, and my game time had been limited. I played in the Czech trade, it was back then, the Carabao Cup, I think. But league games had been non-existent. Right. There wasn't going to be, I don't think, an opportunity to play in there because Rich had done so well, which is fair enough. You've just got to accept it. And I was becoming more and more frustrated with this lack of game time. And it kind of, what would I say? I'll, I'll be honest, it boiled over with John Bourne at times. I was quite frustrated and I'd be I'd be answering back probably like a child. I'll be brutally honest towards yeah. John Bourne. And John Bourne just said to me, the goalie coach, you need to grow up. You're not going to play. You need to get your head around it and you need to grow up. And I remember him having that conversation with me, which was a, it was a tough conversation to hear because no one ever wants to be told you need to grow up. You need to like basically accept it that you're not going to play. And then I remember coming in the next, was it the next game? The next day. So that was on the Tuesday, day off on the Wednesday, in on the Thursday. And I think I remember getting a text off of a mate that was at Fylde saying, oh, I've heard you might be coming in. And I think then, after the weekend, it was on the Saturday afternoon, um, or the Friday afternoon, I think yeah. Gary Bowyer said to me, look, what do you think about going out on loan? I think it would be best for you. And I said, like, fine, I want to go and play games. I need to go and play games. And so then I went out then on the Monday, if I'm correct in saying, after a game at Valley Parade, I was on the bench. And then I went on the Monday. And then that was part of, like, I the way me and John Bourne had this conversation, I feel like that bonded us our relationship and made yeah. it so much better we cleared the kind of cleared the air i'd heard some home truths which probably no one wants to hear and i can't thank him enough for, for speaking to me about it and telling me because then season after season working with him it was the best seasons i've had with under him i was got yeah. on with him it was our relationship it was almost like we had this incident well this chat i won't call it an incident and it made me realise, and then I'm coming back in the next season, because it was the season COVID hit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Back in. Like, a new person, fresh. I'd heard it from him, and I couldn't wait to get working with him. It was almost like, right, he's told me this, right? I'm just going to be a yeah. sponge now. I've heard it. I know what I need to do. And then I just feel like I've kicked on from there, working under him. That's. Do, do you think that that has helps propel your career like helps you get you sort of get that mentality to break into a first team is that oh 100 yeah without a shadow of that i cannot honestly 
put <laughs> obviously there's a lot of other aspects that go into it but hearing what he had to say to me yeah i cannot not thank him because i don't think he wanted to say it because i don't think anyone wants to but i respect him so highly now yeah after he had that chat even more i'm thinking that's made me realize that sometimes you might not play and i had I, it was strange because i played at port vale for a bit yeah and then brought in scott brown who's top class league two goalie league one goalie and has been all his career so like i was learning from him so then i think because i had this maybe mindset of oh, i'm going to the biggest club in league two unreal opportunity Maybe if I'd realised... Can, that... can we just clip that? Can I clip that little... <laughs> that, just that, that bit there. Um, like, maybe I should have realised that it's going to be another year of learning like you did last year. You've got to take your steps slowly, slowly, build it up, mm -hmm. build your respect, build your name up slowly, slowly. Because as a goalie, you've got years on your side, unlike yeah. outfield players, which is, which is true. So, yeah, I think that... It really set, set me in good stead going forward, I think, and, and progressing then in my career. And I always think about what he said to me. Nowadays, now working day in, day out, the way he told me to, how he told me to act, do stuff, be a sponge, even at how old I am now. I'm not old, old, but be a sponge, still trying to learn off everyone. So I think it has, I can't like speak highly enough, like I said, of this chat that we had i'm not going to go into details of word <laughs> it was it was, it was needed i think at the right time and it came along at the right time for my career anyway it's, it's difficult though as a goalkeeper because you can you kind of touch on that you said as a goalkeeper you've got age on your side but as a goalkeeper there is only that one spot in the club isn't there if you're a striker you could potentially be looking at two or a midfielder you could be looking at kind of three or four potential roles there for you to play in but as a goalie, there is just you competing with usually one other person for that one spot. Yeah, and I think that's part of the nature of the beast, isn't it? You've got to be realised that like when I was first coming to Bradford, if I'd really used my mind and sat down properly about it, thought I might not play, so learn, develop yourself, do more off the pitch, go to the gym more, you can afford to beast your body more because you're not gonna be used on a Saturday so you kind of got to use well like now use the time when I don't think I used my time effectively when I was in out the team at Bradford when I first got there yeah so then that spoiled over into me like you say going out on loan and then being that one that was playing so but then I was going into a dressing room where there was two of the goalies which are very good goalies one's James Montgomery and Dan Lavercum were very good, are very good goalies. So it's like it was tough yeah. for me going in, like you said, knowing that I'd been brought in. So it was like a bit, it was a tougher situation to be. It is difficult. Um, one question just about, just before, obviously you mentioned that relationship that, that kind of, you had that kind of boiling point that got you to that point where you needed to realise what you needed to do. But being that there's only one place and there's yourself and in you know last season for the first half of it there was yourself and Richard O'Donnell at Bradford how hard is it to to be friends with the other goalkeeper when you you know that you want that spot is there a is there that 
I don't want to say attention because I don't think it's the attention of Richard O'Donnell. We've, we've, we've interviewed Richard. He's, he's not that guy. Um, but do you ever find that, you know, there is a little bit of maybe animosity between the guy who's sitting on the sidelines waiting to get in towards the guy that's that's playing every week, especially if you see maybe a run come together where there's a, you know, a loss, a, a series of losses in a row and you think, you know, I, I would have done this there. I could have probably saved that. Is that how it works or is it, is it quite easy to get along with them? No, I feel like I've, whenever I've worked with someone, I've had that, that respect for them. Hmm. And I'll have respect for someone if they're older or younger than me, because at the end of the day, we're all vying for that one spot. But we're all, our main aim goal is to win, isn't it? And, and be, yeah. do your best for the team. And then you seek rewards then with the team going up in the table. And then your end game, end goals like promotion or win the league. Like, so I think, I get when people say it could be tough. It, it is tough at times when you find yourself out of the team. But then the best thing for me is is having that respect for the other goalie because if you don't, then your oh yeah, your time's just going to be hard, isn't it? You're going to go into work every day and you're going to be a bit sheepish. There's going to be issues. So like, yeah. I think it's best if you do get on. Obviously, I can't speak for everyone else, but I'd like to say that. Every time I've been in a, a club with another goalie, I feel like we have got on and we've had a good relationship. That's good. That's good. So, filed. What I was going to say, what I did like about that season at filed, I'm in comparison to Bradford's season that season, has you just made the FA Cup third round that year? Yeah, we got. What did we play? Um, Sheffield United, I think. Yeah, yeah. Bradford didn't let me play in the first round. It was away to Nantwich. Beat yeah. them. And then we played, who did we play in the second round? They were the lowest ranked team left in the competition. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. You should, you should have this stat. We, hey, Grant's just brought this. Grant's so, just thrown this. We don't cover the FA Cup. We cover League well, Two. Well, I've got Bradford. Bradford were play, they played Shrewsbury in the FA Cup that round. and They lost in the, they lost, didn't they? Because that's why yeah. they let me play, I think. Because obviously they, they were replay. out. They lost in the replay, um, and then I've got your third round tie. I'm um, filed up just now against With Sheffield United right. away, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I remember I'm that. Lane. But I can't remember who the... We were lucky with that draw, to prefer, who the... Um, who the a great draw, for, great draw for filed. Phenomenal oh, draw, oh, that. Like, unbelievable. I remember... Um, Kingstonian. Kingstonian away, that was it. Yeah, just had a Google. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> you got there before me. I was trying, I did. To, I was trying, to, I was trying to type it in really quick. I spelled filed wrong three different times. Um, I think, if I was correct, they were the lowest ranked team left in the competition. Um, and it, obviously, it's luck of the draw, isn't it, with that, how that works. Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's, great, it's great when you come in with that opportunity. If you are a club, and we use national, use national League at that time. National failed, League, so. yeah. Yep. And then you draw Kingstone and you go, oh, do you know what? We've got a right good chance of getting a plum tie here in the third round. Yeah. And for Fylde, I think Sheffield United is a fantastic tie at that yeah. time. Oh, without a shadow of that. And I think because there was confidence building, I think Jim Bentley had just taken over. Um, that wasn't, Dave Chaloner was had gone by then. Yeah. He went um, about a, a month or two after you came in, didn't he, Chaloner, I think? No, it was. I thought it was. You know what? I think it was time. two games. Oh, was it that only? Was it only that long? Mm. Oh, 
Well, how was your quick fleeting visit with Dave Challoner? <laughs> I'd, I'd always, because obviously when I was at Kidderminster, oh. um, it was us and Kid, Kidderminster and Fylde battling it out for the title. Uh, and Dave Challoner was the manager of Fylde then. And I'd always come across him because I've, I've, I've had a few loans in the, the National League North with Brackley and, yeah. and so on. Um, and I'd always come across his teams and knew what they were. And I think I I had a lot of respect for him for what he's done in with those teams and how he's always had the success. Um, and it's is is a proven winner, isn't it, in the National League, the National League North as well. And then obviously in League Two, he's got his team promoted into League Two, and now they're doing doing well. And they're on a really good run in League Two. So I, two years in I a think Dave Chalmers well. is a very he's a very good manager. Yeah. Two years in a row, he brought he brought Hartlepool up the year before. Um, well, yeah. So in the playoffs, yeah, yeah. We watched that. Grant wouldn't talk to any of us while that game was on. That was um, horrible, and also that goes back to goalkeepers going up and scoring, doesn't it? Yeah, the talky goalkeeper went up in the like the ninety fifth minute for a goal. Oh, yeah, the, um, Lucas Covland. Covland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We won't. We won't talk about Lucas Covalad. <laughs> no, he said, he said. Yeah, mainly because I think that he'll come to me out. He scared, <laughs> he scares me, does Lucas Covalad? So you go to Fylde. You, you played twenty-two games for Fylde, and then you come back to uh, you come back to Bradford. Start of the next season, which is the full season in COVID, isn't it? Yeah, behind closed doors stuff. Yeah. yeah. How was that as a, as especially as a goalkeeper? Because you played, you know, you played a fair few games. You played twenty-one games that season uh, for Bradford. How is it? Because you're on your own as a goalkeeper at the back, especially if your team's pushing forward. How is it with no fans at all? It's gonna be um, weird. one of the strangest football season. I think a lot of people say one of one of, if not the strangest thing that you can ever play. Because especially the run that we got on in that time when I um, when I was playing, like I'm saying, but the way we were going, and you imagine Valley Parade, bums on seats there, and the way we were going, it would have been bouncing. Yeah. Uh, but we're playing. Everyone was the same, wasn't they? We were playing in front of nobody. Um, it was. It was. It was hard. Harder because. It felt, I don't know, they just felt like, I can't describe how weird it was because it was just strange. You turn up to games, you're getting changed in bars, concourses. Also, were, you not the, were you not in the dressing rooms or anything? No, so I'll give you an example. Wow. We went to Cheltenham, Wadham Road. Wadham Road? Yeah. The old... uh, yes, no, I think. Yeah? It's League One. I think Cheltenham, it. whatever it's called now. <laughs> Cheltenham. Um, we get changed in a bar. Uh, which is this for, is this for social distancing so that no one yeah so you all weren't in a small small area yeah so you, you imagine like a big like a bar and there's just chairs dotted around we went to South End we got changed in the concourse um, where all the food for the the fans gets obviously where they stand and have a drink uh, where else was the did you um, travel down together on a bus we had two coaches I think we were the, one of the only clubs in League Two that had the two coaches. Because I remember seeing teams away, they're all in one. But I think the club, obviously rightly so, it was a it was a, a really like bad time, wasn't it, for the health of everyone? Yeah. 
Um, it was, and we'd been lucky to have football back on. So I think that our, especially Bradford took a lot of, and rightly so, a lot of like precautions and did everything um, spot on. I think on, we're actually the only exactly. club, though. I think we're the only, I think Bradford are the only club still now that have some restrictions in place. Um, the club have not, they've never gone back to how it was before. They've kept mm. restrictions in place, which I, like I go to, to to do work over. I mean, I was at Grimsby the other week. You'd have never known. Like it was insane. But at Valley Parade, there are such strict guidelines as to who can go where and when they can go there. And at a certain time, you can't go past this point because there's a potential that the player might, any player may come out, and they're not going to risk. It's they did go very very extreme, but in the right way. I don't think there was too too extreme in those scenarios. Um, no. I think the I think the obviously the change rooms at Valley Parade aren't it's not the biggest is it uh, the home one um, and yeah so they've got the staff change rooms you know down the stairs as you walk out on that the astro bit so like the starting eleven would be in the yeah. main room then the subs would be in the um, the staff changing room so it was like bits like that they were just making sure everything was so you were so safe and secure in yeah. the football environment and bubble because of how what what everything was going on with like the like the spread of, of the virus. So it was uh yeah, yeah it was just quite a reassuring thing knowing that the club were doing everything. Did you yeah. miss the banter with did you miss the banter with away fans? Because I always um, love what you hear going on between the goalkeeper and away fans when it's switched the other way around. I quite, I quite like it. Like I feel like you have to as a goalie. Like this year, where we were swindling away, and we spun them round first half. So obviously, there's one half with fans and one half isn't without, isn't there? Um, and I was running towards the goal. And I was just getting loads of stick. Like I'm not going to say what it was on here. It was just <laughs> I can imagine. And I just started laughing. Like, and I think when I started laughing, they almost were like. No, he's actually all right, and they just yeah. carried on. But then they were laughing. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you can run up to him and or run towards the goal. In my opinion, have like a straight face and be like, "No, shut up." But because you just you just get it all game, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I think with like if you show that kind of I don't know personality, isn't it? Yeah, a bit of personality and a bit of like laughter. I feel like they respect you a bit, and they're not gonna be. They'll just say it to try and wind you up, don't they? And get the reaction. But if you laugh and smile, then you're not giving them the reaction they wanted. So it's almost like, thing is well, if, if you laugh and you smile, you'll probably get some even funnier ones as well. That's what I mean. It, it gets funnier, like with what they say. Oh, like some of it is, some of it's ridiculous. But and I, I, I genuinely just laugh at it. I won't ever say anything back. Like I just literally laugh. I would. That's why I couldn't do it. That's not. I was gonna. I was just about to say that's why I couldn't be a professional footballer. But that's not the only reason I couldn't be a professional footballer. I can't two, kick two a left football. Feet. Yeah. Wait, hey, Grant. I'd love to have two left feet. I'm left footed. I've got two right feet. That's my issue. Um, but yeah, no. It's. I would say. I, I don't. I'd end up saying something. So bad, you, but... Bradford, you come back. You've had that season behind closed doors. Stuart McCall leaves halfway through. I think he left sort of early December, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And then, or was it early January? It was one of the two. Um, and then Mark Truman and Connor Sellers, they take over for the remainder of the season. And 
be honest, they did a tremendous job from, you know, with with looking at the first half of the season to the second, it was it was night and day, wasn't it? Um, Stuart McCall, obviously Bradford legend. I, I, for me, I have to separate Stuart McCall now when I talk about him. There's Stuart McCall, the player, and Stuart yeah. McCall, the manager, and I think legend as a player. He's not been a, a great. He's a phenomenal coach, but he's never worked as a manager for us. What was what was that like? Obviously, you know what Stuart McCall means to the club. He's your manager. Obviously, you've had Gary Boyer, who's come and gone. Um, I think he had ended up at Salford at that point. I think Gary Boyer had gone on to Salford. Um, yeah, McCall's, right. the, McCall's the big name. He's the, the you know he is Bradford City, and then he gets sacked. What's the feeling around the place when you you come into a manager having been dismissed? Not just with McCall, but you know Boyer. So Boyer was probably a bit easier to take, in my opinion. But well, I've had it down. I've had it down here. I'm as well recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I, in my opinion. I you almost feel a bit. Could I have done more? Could we have done this? Could we have done that? Because you like I. My opinion is you should. I'd never want to see anyone. Lose the job, yeah. um, whether or not you played under the manager or you didn't. He's in charge. He picks the team. He picks what he thinks best. So I think it's it's a tough. What would I say? It's a tough information to take on board when it happens because yeah. of the fact you think oh, we've let him down or we're not in this good run or we've could we have done this? Could we have done that? Yeah. I, that's how I feel anyway. I don't know other mm. players. So I can't speak for anyone else. But then the big saying in football is how quick it moves on, isn't it? So then the nasty part of someone losing the job is there's another opportunity then for someone else to come in. Um, and like you said, Stuart McCall lost his job. Can't remember where where we were in terms of results or table-wise. I, I want to say that we... And I'm only saying this because it seems to be the case all the time. I want to say that we just lost to Oldham. Um, yeah, because was that bit of a curse, wasn't there? Oldham away. Yeah, yeah. And then last season, Derek Adams got sacked the week before Oldham because we we're like, we're not going down there <laughs> losing to Old <laughs> to Oldham at that point. But yeah, so it's yeah that I think I think it was Oldham or yeah, around so the Oldham game. I think you have to then. Respect the decision that's been made because at the end of the day, we're the ones that are then going to go over on that white line and change things. There yes. might be a fresh idea. There's going to be a fresh face in. So then it's almost a bit like lads that aren't in the squads or haven't been starting. It's kind of a bit of a a fresh slate for everyone and a clean, a clean slate. And and then it's I don't I just think it's tough to to always find that news out. Mm. But then. You get a day or whatever you have a day off next, and then you're back in on the Monday, say if it's after a Saturday game, and you've just got to get back to work. You've got to then affect what's happened. What's happened has happened, so then all you can affect is what's coming up if there's a game on the Tuesday or a game on the Saturday. So you've got to be yeah. time to get your head down and work even harder because you need to just work harder to get out of this situation we're in. We were in. Um, How's that period in between managers? I know you've had that again recently. I'm at Colchester yeah. where you have an interim in place. How's the atmosphere within a club when you're working with an interim? Um, I've had quite both ends of the scales with this because obviously Mark and Connor came in 
on an interim basis mm -hmm. at Bradford. And results spoke for themselves, didn't they, really, with that? And they deserved their opportunity that they got. I will never say that they did. They picked us up when we were down there and we kicked on, marched on, went to some tough places, got good results, got big wins. But then I've also had it down here now where they've made it abundantly clear that this is an interim basis. Um, and <laughs> we won't be managers and we're not going to take on. And that was what it was here. It was uh, Steve Ball and Ross Embleton were made it abundantly clear that we're here to help out and then we're going to find a manager. So I think it's, it's, it's tough because then they'll have their opinions on who should be playing, don't they? And it's a bit like... Is it hard to make it yourself, really, when you've got... That's, that's what I was going to say. When someone says we're going to only be here for... We're here for maybe one or two games, but then I think you always need to be... In a situation like that, I was out of the team, so I was mm. thinking, right, get your head down and work hard. You might get put back in because people change stuff. You don't know what they're thinking, what their opinion is. So I find it, in my opinion, where if that's there, whatever the case is, if they're there for one game or like Mark and Connor proved to be there for the rest of the season, you need to give your all for the build-up for that one game because they might then be there all season. You don't know. You can't just think, ah, oh, he's only here for a week. I'll just kind of toss it off and just sit back <laughs> and wait till the manager because that's what... It's not like your substitute teacher at school, is it? <laughs> no, and I think what a lot of people... People talking football, don't they? The industry is so yeah. small. Yeah. So it takes one phone call, doesn't it, to say, well, he tossed it off the other week because he thought he wasn't going to be in charge. But now look at him, he's in charge and he's found himself even more down the pecking order. Yeah. And you, know, think you, you never know when you're going to work with someone again in football. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if in my future I might work with Gary Bowie, Stuart McCall, Wayne Brown. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, you don't know, do you? You don't know yeah. where they're going to get jobs again and if they might ring you and say so I don't feel like you can ever burn bridges or um, be disrespectful or not try for anyone like for me I think other people managers say well he gave me his all he tried his hardest and he tried his best so, so I think that aspect is it's one of the hardest kind of middle periods that I you get in football yeah. in my opinion in managers I can imagine it quite so Truman and Sellers came in. They came in interim and then they were given that that long term contract, weren't they? They were literally given the job. Do you think they deserved longer than they got? Because the summer came and they were they were put back and then Derek Adams came in. Do you think that they should have been given the start of the next season to, to see how it went? Or did they know towards the end of the season they weren't gonna get to to, to carry on? Um I, mean, I can't. I think that's above my pay grade, isn't it? To say whether or not. No, but did did you guys feel that yet. they weren't the ones to take you forward at um, that point, or? I don't know. It was tough, wasn't it? Because obviously we had that real good run. Mm -hmm. I don't know of how many games, and then we. It was thir thirteen unbeaten. I think we went at one thirteen at, games unbeaten in. in any league is really good, yeah. really really good. So if you look at that. And then I don't know how many games were left in the season then. But it was a freak year, wasn't it, with COVID? We were yeah. playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. There was loads of games. We were hardly having time on the training pitch with them to implement their training ideas. So it was like there were really a big 
bit of fresh air. Like there yeah. were kind of the modern day coaches. Um, and you see that now with where Mark is still now learning his, his trade under uh, Mark Hughes and the still at the yeah, club. Yeah. And then yeah. I want to say Connor, I could be wrong. Is he a Hull? Uh, I don't, do you know, I don't actually know. I know Someone he, I know said it to left. me the other day that he's at Hull, so I might be completely wrong, but their, their coaching pathway is still there, so it, it proves that they're good people and they're good coaches. Um, yeah, under-23s at Hull. Yeah. See, a bit of info for you as well. Look at that. Google for that, do we? Um, I had to Google it to check, but yeah. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if... Look, I, Ryan's made, Ryan made his decision, didn't need to, to bring in... Uh, who we bought in, uh, but yeah, look, I don't think we finished great, did we, in that season after that 13 game unbeaten run? No, we were we were within, I think, at one point, I think we were like four points off the playoffs and we were on this blinding run, and then it just kind of stopped, yeah. And then we ended up tailing off a bit. And I mean, it's yeah, it was it, hindsight, I don't know, I think maybe if you give them pre season and First, whatever, how many games you feel, you might have, it might have worked. You, you just don't know, do you? But then the manager who they brought in was available, weren't they? So that's the thing you're available. missing out. Yeah, and, and and I think we, in hindsight, you look back at Derek Adams at Bradford, and it didn't work. Um, Bradford's, you know, he did well at Morecambe. He did phenomenal at Morecambe that that first time round to get them up. Bradford's is a different kettle of fish. It's, there's a there's a pressure there that's not really seen at other clubs in this league. And he he was the correct appointment at the time. No one could complain about that appointment. No one could look at Derek Adams coming in and go, that's a that's a bad choice because he, he has the record. It, it didn't work. You could see, I don't want to say you could see early on, but there were, there were some signs that it was maybe not going to go how we wanted it to. And then, obviously, there's the the infamous interview where... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You won't get any better than me at this level. And then out of nowhere, Mark Hughes comes along. But before we get to Mark Hughes, because you'll have had, I'm guessing you had interactions with Mark Hughes, obviously, before you left the club. Uh, yeah, limited. Limited interactions. Okay. We'll, we'll come to that. But Derek... In your last season, you were you started the season as the, the backup to Richard O'Donnell. Richard came, he, he 
did what he did. We ended up on a bit of a bad run. You were brought in to replace Richard. He was he was dropped to the bench. You were brought in as the number one for a while. And Richard was talking to Hartlepool. You know, transfer window came open in January. He was talking to Hartlepool. We asked him about this. It was a permanent transfer. He was going. And then overnight, you just went. Like, completely out of nowhere for us, from us fans. Did that come as as much of a shock for you as it did for the fans? Because you weren't just, you didn't just got in the side. The fans had really taken to you. I mean, you were the first goalkeeper in a long time that had his own champ. Yeah. Um, did that come as a surprise to you out of nowhere, really? Um, if I'm being honest, we'll go back right to how this kind of snowballed. So, we played... Rochdale away, drew nil nil, foot nil nil, clean sheet, done well. Obviously, you're never going to take every game for granted, but I thought yeah. perfect. Derek Adams gets us in on Sundays if there's a Tuesday game. So Sunday morning, I'm driving up with my girlfriend because we're well, what are we doing? We we're going to go somewhere on the way back um, just to break up the weekend to have a bit of a weekend. Yeah. And Rich rings me, and I'm. Where was I? I was on the just about to get on the M six oh six off the M sixty two. Right by my house. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, just to let you know, um Alex Bass is here. And I was like, What? A bit like just drew nil nil. Played, I don't know who played for, done well. I feel like I'm finding like I was getting games, I was like happy, I was buzzing because I was playing. I was playing well. We were picked up a bit, didn't we? We had some good results. You had and a I relationship thought, with the fans as well. Yeah, that, say, that, was, was, that was more of a a bigger thing as well for me because obviously my first year I'd been non-existent. If I'm being honest, I went on loan, didn't I? Like I said, I didn't yeah, get yeah. any game time in the league. And then second year was COVID and it was almost like the first time the fans had properly seen me. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'd got a relationship with them. I felt they were kind of buying into me. Like, thought, yeah, like I, I felt respected by all the fans. And yeah, and when he told me that, I was just like, huh? I just couldn't, I couldn't like, fo- like get my mind to why he's bought someone in. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, there was arguably other, I'm not going to start saying, oh, we should have bought this, that, and this in. But arguably other positions that we could have strengthened in because yeah, numbers yeah. were a bit bare in those aspects. Um, so, yeah, he rang me and said that. And I remember turning to my girlfriend just going, like, am I shit or something? <laughs> like, that was my exact <laughs> word. <laughs> what did, wait, is the most important thing. What did she say? <laughs> <laughs> she just laughed at me. Like, <laughs> but coming off a nil-nil at Rochdale away, like, Obviously, the fans were unreal that day. I remember it packed out that whole end. And I remember yeah. my name being chanted near the end. Um, and I really felt like, kind of, I just felt confident going out there, playing in front of every, like, playing in front of phone, the crowds. Phone yeah, your feet, good. phone your space. Yeah, I thought, this is me now, fucking, excuse my language. <laughs> put, your, right. put your foot to the floor and you just kick on from there. Like, you just get more game, bang, bang, bang. And, and that happened. And it was just like... And I remember speaking to John Vaughan. I was like, Vaughan, what's going on? And he just... I don't know if you say He just went, I don't know. 
Like that was the there were a lot and, of confusion, weren't there, at that point as well? Yeah, because I've had my relationship with John now had blossomed and grown and grown. I knew he didn't have a clue. Genuinely, he would have told me. Um, mm. And yeah, so then we had. I remember this so well. We trained on the Monday, didn't name the team, and then we had Warsaw away on the Tuesday night. And we were at the village in Warsaw, by my house. Like, I'd met the coach there. I'd had time to, like... Sorry. I'd had time to... <laughs> Strategic place. Dog's going mental. Dinner, look. Uh, is he probably so, bored? You know what? He's, I'm he's sitting there. He's to try and get more dinner. I'm sitting there trying to play with mine to stop him scratching the back door. Uh, <laughs> my, dog, um, my dog's asleep, so, you know. He's, just, he's honestly, when he wants more dinner, he's just... People have Zooms and like my girlfriend when she works, they just go mad on Zoom. When he, ever you're on a Zoom or something, <laughs> it's like he knows what to do. No, so um, yeah, Warsaw away on the Tuesday night. So then we're in the hotel on the Tuesday for pre-match, and I'm sat there in the villages. You know, by the they have those big screens, don't they? Mm. And Mark Truman walks out and I look and he just like points and just goes like, the manager wants to speak to you. And I was thinking, well, I know what's coming here. Like, don't make a rocket scientist to work out what you're going to say to me. And he just said, I'm bringing in Alex Bass. He's going to play. And I said, well, I don't want to sit here and watch Alex Bass play all season. Because there was, what was left of the window? I only think there was about... It was right at the end, wasn't it? It was right at yeah. the end. And that was not being disrespectful to the club or anything. I was just like, I'd had a taste. You're well, focusing I, on your career, essentially. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I had first-team football at Bradford in COVID and I had it again. And I wanted more first-team football. I didn't want to play in the Cups, just the Cups. No. And I said, well, he said, I'm bringing in blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, if something comes up, I'd like to look at it to go and play football. And it had always been, I love the club. I want to, like, the club were brilliant for me. feel like I'm finding my feet, but I need to play games. I'm getting older and my mm. games aren't going up. Um, and he was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but then I remember, I can't, like, Rich was chatting to Ryan, wasn't he, in the stand at Warsaw? Which is obviously where you say he was going to go to Hartlepool. Yeah, well, so I don't know if that was the the <coughs> time they had the conversation, but essentially, Richard got told Hartlepool were interested. The it was a bizarre, bizarre move, really, wasn't it, Grant? It was a strange one because Ben Kellop is very much established number one. Yeah, at Hartlepool, and it was I think. It, what Richard was saying was it was a short-term deal to the end of the season that they were looking to yeah. take him on. And he was like, no, I, I don't want a, just a short-term deal. I want something longer. And then there was talks of a loan deal and then that broke down. Yeah. and But, but the, the thing that sort of, not confused us, because this isn't a knock on Richard O'Donnell. I think Richard O'Donnell's a great goalkeeper, but the, the establishment that Grant just mentioned about Ben Killip, Richard O'Donnell was told he was coming in as number one. Mm. Which then asked we were we were sat here when he told those bear man this is like a year after me and Grant are sat here when O'Donnell tells us and you see both of mine and Grant's eyes go 
We didn't. This was new information. Yeah, to us. we were like, we didn't know that. But yeah, so he was going to Hartlepool, and then that broke down for whatever reason. I think they did offer it. They offered him a longer term deal in the end, but it wasn't enough. They, they, they weren't paying him enough to cover the distance that he was traveling. Distance because he's obviously yeah. in Sheffield way, isn't he? He's down Sheffield yeah, way, yeah. and it's it's a long way to go. Um, so yeah, that that was that was looks like the same. A lot of things happened, and that around that game then yeah it was almost like it all happened in the space of a few days and then there was there was a bit of uh colchester might want you there might be a loan there or something and then i just got me down i like i said i keep going back to it i used what john vaughan said to me yeah and i just got me down and just trained my my bollocks off like and just worked hard because then I didn't want anyone to ever accuse me of downing tools or thinking, well, he's not going to play. He's just going to sit here. He's got another year as well, so we don't care. So I like wanted to prove to Derek Adams. I was like, hang on a minute. I've done X, Y, Z for you, like coming back from when I fractured my face early and quickly for you because you wanted a goalie on the bench. And then like you've treated me almost like this and I was just mm. like well I'm going to prove to you that I'm not just this I'll get on with it I'm going to prove in training that I should be playing kind of attitude yeah. and I think that's the best way you have to be and it's hard but it was it's one man's opinion isn't it that that picked yeah. the team and the thing is two two and a half weeks later Derek Adams has gone isn't it? Like he, he went well, early yeah. early February, which. But then I think if, we would have been stuck in a predicament of having me, Rich, and Alex Bass. Yeah. Well, if he'd have gone but, earlier, then you know, if 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 Derek Adams had gone sort of mid January, then your career would be different. You'd probably still be at Bradford. Well, yeah. Looking back, I might still be, but yeah. And then I think the Colchester thing. That came up, I think, on a Saturday afternoon. And deadline day was the Monday, I want to say. And I was trained on the Sunday. It was another, we had another Tuesday game. So I trained on the Sunday at Woodhouse. And I was ringing. I was getting the phone calls to say I was done. And then I drove all the way down to Colchester on Sunday night. And then went there. Easy decision to make? Um, I think my, my decision had been made for me, if I'm being honest. I was not going to play. Uh, I was going to sit on the bench. And I didn't want that. It was a tough decision leaving the club. Yeah. Because, like I'd, I'd said previous, I feel like I found my feet and I feel like I was starting to grow and grow and and things were turning, results were going well. And it was almost like I wanted, you wanted to be a part of it. And I was playing. So it was like fans were all coming in numbers again at Valley Parade. It was like, yeah, this is class. Yeah. And then for then that kind of like overnight to hear what happened and in terms of yeah. like brought him in. So it was almost like, well, you either sit here and then potentially lose three months, four months of football and then you don't know where your next year will leave you. Or you look and think see if there's an option an opportunity to go to go somewhere else to to get some games. I don't, I don't think anyone can blame me for doing it. Um, nah. Not at all. It's 
there were a lot of decisions made in that season that, you know, in hindsight, looking back, they weren't the right decisions. You know, Alex Bass came in. We didn't expect a goalkeeper to come in as fans. We don't know where it came from. It, it, it's probably, it surprised us that someone came in as much as it surprised you when, you know, you're on your way to training and you find out that he's, he's, he's there. Um, end of the season goes or comes, you've, you've finished the season over at Colchester. Now, I, I remember I saw a tweet uh, from a Bradford fan who, who bumped into you in the services at the end of the season. No, it was at the... It weren't at the services. It was at oh, the it Birmingham Half Marathon. Oh, it was... Yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, it was. Yeah. My girlfriend was running it with two of my mates. So the three of them were doing it. And we were stood by the finish. Me and my friend's girlfriends. It was three of us. Yeah. And I like... <laughs> he like looked at me and he went... Sam and I like, looked and I honestly I didn't know who he was. It wasn't me being like ignorant or anything. <laughs> you're not gonna know. You're not gonna I'm know. Not, I'm not gonna think at a Birmingham half marathon, like from Bur- I'm from Birmingham, so I was like in my hometown, home city. Sorry, that I'm gonna bump into a Bradford fan. He goes, "He's staying," and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> I'm a staying weird. Yeah, 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 it was like is... really weird. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a funny moment because like my friends, uh, girlfriends were next to me and they were like, what? What did he just ask you? How did he let you know he was a Bradford fan in the end? Did he pull his trouser leg up and show you his leg tattoo? Because that's what they normally do. No, I think he said, are you going to come back to Bradford or are you going to, what are you going to do about Bradford? Or that it was something along those lines. I think you then you you said you've got another year, didn't you? At that point, I said, yeah. I think I said, oh, I've got another year. I'll see, see what happens or what, 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 how it pans out. And the summer comes, and how does that? How does the move to Colchester come? Because obviously, like you have had a year left of your contract. Were yeah. you? Was it? Because transfers in League Two work differently to to, to obviously higher up. You kind of hear a little bit more about them in terms of what they entail down in league two, you don't hear as much as always. If there's fees involved, it's always undisclosed. Sometimes you don't even hear what's going on, but you obviously left Bradford. Were you, were you released from Bradford and then signed for Colchester or did Colchester come to Bradford to try and bring you in? How, how does um, that come about? So the first day of the report day, of, it was in the summer. I'll be honest. I think the, Clubs were trying to get something sorted in at the back end of the summer, or like they'd asked me my opinion on it, um, and I I just could I couldn't commit to what was personal terms, whatever. I couldn't move down here with everything. My girlfriend like moving basically moved my life down there. I couldn't do it at what was getting offered or how it was first put to me, and mm-hmm. it went really quiet over. I'd say a month. Well. Two and a half weeks period, and then the report date for Bradford came back, and I got a message, and I turned up first day of preseason, and a few people, staff, and players turned to me and went, "What are you doing here?" As if to say, like, we didn't expect you here. Wow! Like, didn't it? Oh, no, wow. not what are you doing? Um, I didn't expect to see you or some some along those lines. Yeah, like a shock, essentially a, a shocked reaction. Yeah, and I was like, shit, that's made my kind of, <laughs> made my mind up for me of where I feel like I stand. 
Um, wow. And obviously they bought in Colin Doyle had come back, hadn't he? And then they bought in Harry Lewis early on in the summer. And when I saw that, I was thinking, well, kind of am I not going to be wanted? But I couldn't not turn up first day of pre-season because it wouldn't have felt right with me. I needed to kind of go there and show that I was still... I still wanted to be at the club at the moment because I didn't have anything else. I was ready to commit and yeah, get down, get to work and, and prove... Not prove people wrong, but like get back to where I felt like I left when I got took out the team by Derek Adams, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was ready to... I was thinking, right, good opportunity. Going to get backed in the summer. It would be a good place to be. Hopefully, I'll get more games or whatever. And, yeah, it was a bit like, geez, maybe a, they've made my kind of mind up for me. And then I only came back for that first day. And then I got a phone call. Well, I saw Ryan in the tra- uh, training ground and... He just said, oh, I think it's, it's all getting sorted. Um, you don't have to come in tomorrow. And then it was the weekend. He said, it will all get sorted over then. And then I I was down in Colchester on the, uh, the Monday. Well, that comes to this season. Yeah. We're here. We finally got there. Yeah, do you know what? I've loved that. That's the most in-depth conversation <laughs> I've been able to have on this podcast about Bradford. Because we don't tend to cover Bradford. Because um, we're massive. Um, we don't want to take. Oh, over. you had to put that in there, didn't you? <laughs> the Swindon fans are going to be all over this. Yeah, now. Swindon fans text me a lot. Every time they win, they just go, Liam, Swindon are massive. And that's, that's all I get from Swindon fans. Um, but Bradford are massive. I should, I should have messaged you last week after Hartlepool won and went, Hartlepool are massive. Yeah, but Grant, we don't lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Do you know what I like, Hartlepool? There's not many clubs in this league that I don't like. I actually really like pretty much all other clubs. There's just two clubs at the minute that I'm one club that I'm in a dispute with. So I don't dislike them, but I'm unhappy with them, and that's Walsall. And the other one <laughs> that I just outright dislike is Carlisle. And the thing is, Sam, I can't even tell you for the life of me why I dislike Carlisle. It started as a joke. But then Carlisle fans really took it seriously. So now there's just a general dislike of Carlisle. I thought um, you were going to see Doncaster, but... No, no. The, the club, I don't mind Doncaster. I just, the, the fans do my Um So, Colchester, this season, it's it's been a difficult one, hasn't it, this season so far? I think it's fair to say on the, on the pitch, it's not been what you'd have wanted. But you, you look at it and you've, you see some of the, the games that you've had... You've not been. It's been very. A lot of the games have been very close. Even the like the losses have been one goal losses. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Been that you've been getting trounced week in week out. You, you touch do wood. touch touch wood. Yes, crew crew coming up this weekend. Yeah. Uh, lovely place to go is crew, and um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, people watching are going to be like, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> So how's how's the, the the morale? How does how does it affect the morale when you're in the position that you're in? Like, what's the atmosphere like going into a game like Crew this weekend? Do you prepare for it any differently? The further into, I don't want to say trouble that you get, but when you're in this position, the harder or the further behind you kind of fall. Does it get difficult to to prepare? Do you have to constantly change how you do things, or is it? Do you have a game plan? You're still going to stick to it, and you know that that will work eventually. Yeah, I mean, there's, what, 
87 points still to play for, I think. Yeah. If I'm correct. 87 points is so many games and so it's much winning the league. So much football still to play. So I don't feel like we are where we are now. That's a fact. Yeah. So sticking to to what we know, this new, uh, new manager's come in. He's got his ways. Uh, we stick to his process and his, ter- his kind of how he wants us to work. And I f- feel like you have to because, like I just said, there's 87 points still to play for. You put a, go on a good run. You don't know where you're going to end up in, in League Two. And yeah. there's so many good teams. And I think the teams are quite, like you said, there's been some close results against some big clubs and some good teams. I feel like our yeah. fixtures at the start of the season... If you look at the teams we've played and where they are now in the league, there have been some really tough games. I feel like we've had a tough start, but now it's time to roll our sleeves up, work even harder Monday to Friday, and then and then if we keep doing that, results will will take care of itself. Yeah, and I think I think for you guys looking at it, you know, looking at the goals against, so you've conceded twenty five goals this season, but you look up the table and you've you've got. You know, Mansfield sat in ninth, who conceded 23. So it, it's not like, like I say, you, you're not leaking goals. You're just maybe not as clinically in front of goal as you you, you need to be. Um, for you, when you look at this and you, you think of the games that are coming up, do you look any further ahead of this Saturday? Or do you look at this Saturday and that's entirely it? You're not looking beyond it. We'll cross that next bridge when we get to it. Is it a case of stepping stones when you're in this position, yeah, I think you you can't you can't look too far ahead because, like I said, there's so much football still to play in this in this season. Um, we've got a game, we've got a crew on Saturday, so it's a big game. Like any game is, and we've all just got to look forward to to playing and and performing well. Because, like when we went on that run when I was at Bradford, you just take each game as it comes, and suddenly you've built up a 13 game, yeah, <laughs> unbeaten streak. For example, do you know what I mean? You can't look too far ahead, but then you can't look too far back. So you've just literally just got to focus on that that game and, and take one at a time. And then if you're working hard Monday to Friday, you know you're putting the, the hard work in on the training ground, then your rewards will come on the Saturday because you'll replicate what you've done during the week in a positive way on the Saturday. How much do you look at other teams' results after the game and go, oh, Fuck, like the, yesterday, for example, you see Rochdale pick up three points. How much do you look at those results and go, for fuck's sake, man? I'll be honest, I don't at the minute. I, I have a like a quick scan of, of results, but results are results, aren't they? At the end of yeah. the day, if we win, anything else is irrelevant. As, mm. as simple as it, as it sounds, we can't control anything other clubs do if they score in the last minute or... <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? If they concede in the last minute, that's that's them. So I don't think you can until it I don't know, until the business end of the season, like people say, is, is when you look at maybe other results, but at the minute there's there's no point doing anything other than focusing on ourselves. Yeah. So leading up to a match day, for me, you mentioned earlier on, I don't know if it was on here, if it was before we started recording, you mentioned um players WhatsApp WhatsApp groups. What's a player's WhatsApp group like leading up to a match day? And can we <laughs> wanna, get added? 
Do you know what you should do? Sam, just add me and Grant into a WhatsApp group, add every professional footballer you know, and then leave. And we'll just we'll just watch the chaos and I I'll change my name to something insane and pretend that I am the uh, Ukrainian centre forward who scored 87 goals in my last season and I'm looking at coming to a League Two club and see how many of them try to get me in. I'll um, change my name to Mike Fondop. Mike, oh, we love Mike Fondop. Um, yeah, yeah, I think on, here, here's just admin side, really, because you have to put your ticket request in and stuff like that. So honestly, honestly, like here at this, at Colchester, the, the WhatsApp group is timings, that we're in in the morning oh the the uh plan of the day sorry so in the morning we'll get a plan of 9 45 breakfast quarter past 10 pre-act half 10 uh meeting out on the grass at 11 stuff like that so i wouldn't say it's very they're becoming quite more administrative groups than i would say mm. What you what you think they are? They are just, groups. Yeah, there's a time yeah. and a place for for a, for a group of like to have a, a, a crack in a joke. But yeah, they are especially here now that where we and we need to just just get our heads down and, and work hard and and then and then pick up some results. Well, you were speaking of picking up results. You early this season you beat Bradford one nil. Um, did that for you kind of give you a little bit of? Was it was it extra for you? Did did it mean a lot more to get that victory? Because you know you you kind of come in like you say at the beginning of the preseason. It was it was as if to say you know didn't expect to see you. So you, in a way, kind of forced into a move that you may not necessarily not not that you didn't want to move to Colchester, but you know that you were willing to stay and fight. You weren't given the opportunity to do so. So was that result a bit sweeter for you than most? Um, I don't know. It was it was a weird one. I couldn't because I kind of wanted to. Because like you've just said, I didn't feel like I was given. I felt like I was given an opportunity under the current regime that is at the club. Um, because I don't think <coughs> the manager saw me play. Really, I think maybe the mm. first time he saw me play was against them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I could be completely wrong, but that is, as far as I'm aware, I don't know what he how he yeah. knew of me I think he saw me on loan and then that was it kind of um, but yeah it was a it was a bit of sweet kind of result because obviously I was at the club for and I, I, I made some good relationships with players and, and some of the staff that were there so it was good to see everyone but at the end of the day I was there yeah. to try and keep the ball out of net for Colchester United against Bradford City so I'm going to try and do my job to the best of my ability aren't I so Hundred percent save ratio in that game. <laughs> yeah, I made a few a few saves, so yeah, it was uh, it was nice. But then it was nice to to see the fans like I get a bit of a clap at the end, like kind of like put my thumb up to them, said thanks. And, and I think then... that's the big thing for them that the fans do appreciate it. The fans yeah. appreciate. Obviously, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but we knew that that wasn't uh, you know, it came out of nowhere. You 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 wouldn't have left. Off of your own back. No, you know, no, that, I that feel like I thing. was. I'm not going to say like. I don't. I just don't feel like the. I was given this season an opportunity, but yeah. look, football moves on, doesn't it? I think like Harry's done very well there. 
like he's hit the ground running, he's made some big saves, and and the club are, are up the top end of the division, so they've Harry made that all in saves. Yeah. Genuinely, like it's, I say this to Grant all the time. Like it's, it's a bizarre situation. Is Harry? I look. He's he's an infectious character as well, and I think you know the fans have really taken to him. But I've never heard a Bradford fan have a bad word to say about you, and that's that's unusual for because goalkeepers can usually be made the scapegoats. Richard O'Donnell was made a scapegoat by Bradford fans for a long time. He mm. was the scapegoat, but never, never a bad word about you. And that's that's a testament to you and the fact that you did just sort of get your head down and and try and get back in and you know you had it taken away from you. It wasn't that you lost your form and then were dropped and then went out on loan. You were you were in form. You were playing. You got yourself in the team and then you you sent out. There's nothing you can do. But look, yeah, we, I, don't, we... Oh, I don't feel like I ever. I feel like I was I, I played well for the club. That's the the more frustrating thing. It was it was yeah it was it was a hard one to take when in that aspect because it was like I gave me all and I don't think like you said I didn't lose form there it was just kind of a sequence of events that happens in football that you have to kind of roll with because it's it's this industry that we're in yeah well look we're uh we've got some questions for you now <laughs> okay so I like, I, I like this so this is this is some Soccer AM style, but but like, do you remember old school soccer AM when they used they used to interview players like back in the day, and they used to ask some some weird questions. We're going to do the same for you. <laughs> so and here we're we gonna, have, Grant's going to ask him, so I don't get sued. Sam Hornby on his Colchester United teammates. So question up here we go. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> this is time for you to dish the dirt on some players. Who's the right? Worst dressed in the team. Worst dressed, um, or the worst fashion sense? Who, who's yeah. got the worst fashion sense? I think fashion's gone everywhere, though, isn't it? Left, right, and center at the minute. So I don't think there's like everyone's just completely different. Yeah, but there's still no room for flip flops and socks. So Crocs and socks now, though, isn't it? No, there's no room for Crocs and, and socks. There's no all about the Croc life. No, there's Steve, no room for Crocs. I'm a Birkenstock and sock, and that comes in for a lot of slack of football. Right, so you're the worst dressed. For my footwear, and because I live literally a stone's throw from the training ground, I walk to training in the morning. I just go for comfort levels of Birkenstocks and socks bang into training. Who's the best dressed at the club? Best dressed. He's uh, gonna say I like Luke Hannant's got a bit of gear, nice gear. Luke Chambers. Um it's easy Cold to be Scoosh. positive, isn't it? It's easy to be Cold positive Scoosh about them. It's very um, sophisticated dress sense. Uh, who thinks they're the best dressed at the club, but they're not? Uh, big John Akindi. <laughs> I love how there's just no, no hesitation whatsoever. Because <laughs> yeah, um, he comes... Oh, yeah, Big John. <laughs> Who's the worst dancer? Oh God! I won't. I genuinely won't be able to comment on that because we're you've, not. Uh, I mean, you've not told in... us about you. You are. You've told us about you. Oh yeah, I'm not very. I'm stiff as anything. I need to have a few drinks, but, and I'm still probably even stiffer than then when I drink. If I ever drink and have a dance. <laughs> oh, I know what's coming. Who's the drama queen? Oh, that's a drama queen. Yeah, yeah. Hannah again. I think Luke Hannon loves a bit of like oh. 
a bit of exaggeration if he gets a knock or like you know if he gets one in the balls you're like oh he'll be screaming for hours he'll be stuff like that <laughs> who's got the worst haircut um Alex Newby's had a good few bad trims. He's just moved down to the area, so he's trying to find barbers. So he's... <laughs> he's going through them. He's going through barbers. He's going through a lot of barbers, but he's coming in every day and he's having a different kind of... Does he blame the barber each time? I don't know what barbers he's using at the minute. This is just an advert of where to avoid in Colchester. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly... Right. Can we just put a disclaimer on this? We... You can answer this in whatever way. This is a bit like Taskmaster, in that you get the question, however you interpret the question, you can answer it. Yeah. Who's the longest in the shower? I knew that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, I'll be genuine with this. I didn't think an explanation was coming. No, I didn't. I just thought there's no photos. Um, there is I just if I'm done or I go into the gym and then I'll walk back I don't there's not many people shower I'll be honest because everyone's really local there's the answer that you didn't want to be fair I don't know what answer we did want this is the thing we don't really know where we thought that was <laughs> going to yeah, go everyone's quite local so I think it's a case of do your work do your training and then everyone just Everyone get just on. gets home, like, because we um, we do it wash our own kit and stuff. So there's no like, uh, leave your kit here for the kit man or you take it all oh, so over. You, this. you take it, you take it home, wash your own kit and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if they've kept that since COVID. Um, wow. But yeah, we uh, that's genuine answer. There's not many because like we do it all ourselves. There's a lot just try just like say train, uh, lunch, gym, and after gym just off your pot. So, yeah, oh, well, I that's like that. well, there we go. Yeah. That is a diplomatic process. That that is a diplomatic answer. <laughs> Not the one that we thought we were going to get, but it's one that Not we'll the one that you wanted either, was it? <laughs> to to be fair, like I say, it's I don't know how we'd have handled it if you'd have answered it that way. Um, we'd have probably just started laughing and cut it. <laughs> so now we're now we're able to keep that in. Um, honestly, Sam, it's been. Great, genuinely, like, yeah, we could have done this for hours. So, but we obviously we're not going to keep you because we know you like your sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, no, I'm fine now with sleep. <laughs> um, well, look, we're uh, Grant. Do you want to walk us out, Sam? Just let you know when we do end, we don't actually end. It's just the end of the recording because we had one yeah. guest who we said. Thanks very much for coming. And he just disconnected and we've not spoken. It's been nearly a year we haven't spoken to him again. <laughs> Grant, take it away. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. This has been it's so good to be back recording once again. Um, don't forget, give us a follow on all our socials. Um, don't forget to retweet it, share whatever it is you do to get out to more people, comment your friends, your family. Just get a few folk listening to it. Don't forget, uh, rate us five stars on Spotify. Comment whatever the hell you want. Um, we don't care. It is purely the five stars that we want to get on Spotify to get us back up to that five-star level or close to again. Um, Sam, it's been amazing having you on. Thank you very much for being a guest I'm with us this week. All the best for the rest of the season. I really hope to see you guys claiming back 
up the league. I'm everyone we have been. That no one Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.